Hello, friends. Welcome back to a brand new episode of the Long Lost Heroes podcast. I'm AJ. And I'm Frank. And we got a great episode for you guys here. I know I say great episode every week, but this week I think is pretty special. I This is the first MCU movie. Uh, uh, well, this is another MCU movie I remember going to see. 2011. Hmm. We're, uh, we're, this today, we are talking about 2011's Thor, starring Chris Hemsworth. And uh, one little actor, Tom Hiddleston, who's about to make his big return in the new Loki streaming show. We're doing a little bit of a rewatch uh, this year with you guys. Yep. Um, Frank, do you and, remember and one, seeing this movie in theaters? I did not. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. I, I, like I said, um, I'm pretty sure somehow, I'm, and maybe maybe some of the Iron Mans I saw, but I'm pretty sure most of Phase 1 I missed. And I, I distinctly remember catching up. And um, seeing uh, Avengers in theaters, but this one I, I think was another Netflix one. But they did a really good job in like, if this movie came out in 2011, it was ready to watch. And uh, I mean, maybe I got the disc or something, but like I was able to see it, you know, by January. I don't know. Oh, sure. You yes. Know. The the turnaround time on the movie started to get faster here. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, oh, it's on Netflix. I will watch that. Yeah, I want to get caught up. And it's like, cool. Thor. No, that was very, that was awesome because you had <laughs> yeah. the first two Iron Man movies on Netflix for a long time. Yeah. Uh, you really had a good um, set and a good place to start. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember seeing this movie. I think it was my brothers and Danny and Zeebie. I remember the only thing that's like super memorable is I went to Zeebie's dad's house, his his parents' house yep. in uh, Country Woods, and we had the uh, a Bunda, you know, not a bada bad. That's where Osama bin Laden was killed. Uh, oh, the uh, yeah, the Scotch, the Scotch, this very powerful a, Scotch that a, we a, had, a we uh, or something like yeah, something that like we that. were drinking for a while, and we got pretty tipsy on it and then we went to the theater and i remember zb falling asleep in this movie <laughs> sound sound is a pound well uh, no you know i think this movie is it's interesting it's a it's a time capsule you know like it's it's definitely you know the very origins of the mcu and you know it's it one of the you know first few movies this has it's a kind of a big swing they had to do a lot of stuff in this movie that had to kind of work and be believable to get you ready for Avengers. Right. You know, if if the two Iron Man movies worked, right? Like that's that's great. You know, I could I could see a world in which the the Iron Man trilogy was a thing and they never got to Avengers just because the, the public didn't latch on. This was where things got a little bit like we need to make this work because we're about to dive way deeper. <laughs> You know, like yeah. if, if people buy into Thor, they can buy into anything. Right. And you have to. And it's it's not even really that big of a buy in. No. Um, You know, Thor in the comics, uh, for those you know following along, um, is not the same origin really as this. No. It's kind of it, it's kind of different. Um, But you had to kind of update it in a certain way. He's definitely got the most updated origin or like very different origin of any of the main Avengers, right? Like, uh, yeah, he's more of like, I mean, they always like retcon things, of course, you know, but like the, the, the gist is that he's like this, this guy and that like he, he finds this, this stick 
<laughs> right. It's a, it's, it's, it's a stick. And then, then it picks, becomes the hammer. And it becomes the hammer. And so, like, without picking it up. And you see scenes sometimes where it's like he doesn't, like, use his arm to, like, call to him. And that's, like, almost like a callback to that where he, like, has to pick it up before he can. And then he can, like, have the power of Thor. And, like, that, you know, they, they say the thing, like, whosoever be the worthy shall possess the power of Thor. And, like, you right. know, there is this, like, sort of mystical thing about it. That it, I feel like it's this ability and 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 this power and it's like I, that that they never really flesh out. It's like is he Thor or is like no? That's a that's a great that's a great point. You know, yeah. I think uh, you know when when you get to Ragnarok, I think both Hemsworth and the studio are trying to figure out how we're going to carry this character on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think at that point. It was very important for kind of Thor to learn that, you know, and this is spoilers, but like he that he has the power. But, you know, in this movie, it doesn't really feel like that. So as you're yeah. watching it, you're seeing like, well, who's I, I agree with you. It's not really defined. Um, and it could also just be old. Like this is old Thor, as Hemsworth would call him. Classical Thor. Yeah. Who speaks like a fucking Shakespearean person. And, you know, um he's very formal and it doesn't know a lot about the other realms or the universe at this point. Right. Um, yeah. Meanwhile, he's like a thousand years old. <laughs> yeah. there. I think they're 1500 actually. Yeah. Which is like crazy. Uh, yeah. This movie also starts a lot, which is weird. True. Um, let's just get into it. Um, do you want to try the plot game? Sure. All right. So I, here's my take. Um, Loki <laughs> wants Loki wants Thor out of the picture, so he devises a plan for which he can get Thor out of the picture. However, his plan goes awry, and Thor comes and kicks his ass. Um, also, you could have um, Thor um, is denied being royalty blow uh throws a temper tantrum loses his power earns the respect love and trust and understanding of what it means to have relationships on earth is granted the power back defeats loki what do you got um thor uh is ready to be king uh but is not ready to be king and is tested <laughs> is tested to show his worthiness and stops his brother from from taking the throne very it's good. pretty simple it's very simple it's both small and big at the same time i think um, that was the key right you know making sure like this needed to feel otherworldly it needed to feel grand and royal and you know space is huge and and just the like how asgard feels like it has a presence but it needed to be grounded like you had to kind of and, and i think bringing him in I, it's interesting an interesting choice like i think the other thing is that like in the comic books he doesn't have memory of being thor right no. so he lands on earth or whatever and he realizes he's got this power and is like, wow, I'm Thor and I can avenge. <laughs> right. Um, yes. Me um, avenge now? Yeah. 
Uh, and so like that, that could have been a thing that they did. They could have even taken away his memory when he landed on earth, but they, they didn't. And they kept him true to himself because it, it was more about character development, both <laughs> for us and for him. Definitely. Um, yeah. Um, you know, has Kenneth Branagh directed any other like big action movies? I think this is kind of it, right? I think this is kind of it. Um, it's interesting. He has mm-hmm. some interesting choices, I will say. Um, you know, what do you like, mean by that? I don't know. I just I feel like maybe it's dialogue. Maybe it's um, okay. Again, I, I feel like scope wise, it, it's not big, big. But maybe that's not what they they didn't need. That you know, it didn't need to be like. Well, I don't think they could have gotten there because this movie is obviously made on a budget, right? Like they're (laughs) they spent the money on Asgard, Mm -hmm. and when you get to Earth, you kind of are like, "Why are we in a sitcom? What's what's happening here?" (laughs) Um, Right. What I think so, Kenneth Branagh is a great. He's an English guy. He's done a lot of big Shakespearean roles. Um, You may remember him from he's the bad guy in the new Christopher Nolan movie Tenant. Uh, He's also the evil Dr. Loveless in Wild Wild West. I think that's one of my most memorable iterations of him. Um, yeah. But he's yeah, really he's, interesting in that he like he goes back and forth. Right. He directs. He uh, acts. He directs. Can, oh, he's yeah. also uh, who's the guy in um, source uh, in, in uh, Chamber, Chamber of, of Secrets. Secrets. He's Lockhart. Yeah, he's Lockhart. Well, yeah, he, he's a so piece he, of shit in that movie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and he also directed one of the Jack Ryan movies after this. So he's done uh, action, but. Yeah, not a not a lot. Oh, he did Cinderella. Ah, uh, he did Cinderella. Mm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, he he gets the capes. You know, I think he gets <laughs> drapery. <laughs> you know, uh, you could count on the window treatment to be quite beautiful in any <laughs> Kenneth Branagh production. Sure. Um, and yeah, maybe that was part of it. I also think he nails and could get and direct Hopkins and be like, dude, you're Odin. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, num- like number one, like you're you're like you're Odin in a comic book sci-fi movie, which that's pretty cool, right? Like they're not doing this as a serious like Odin, you know, the real you know, or whatever. But the what I think is cool is that Anthony Hopkins can grasp onto who Odin is. He's from fucking legend and myth. So right. like, how badass is that? Right. And you've got like some of those flashback sequences that make it feel like Lord of the Ringsy. You know, like it's like, oh, okay. yeah. But that see, the, oh man, when even in Lord of the Rings though, and that came out years before, yeah, the armies weren't all doing the same like ready to fight motion like a fucking video game. True. Like those guys needed some better animation, like where you can have you know the orcs look menacing, the men. You know, they're all moving around in some way. That's because it was all CGI, and, probably. <laughs> well, yeah, this is this is 2011, and they're making this movie on, you know, all those scenes are very dark. Yeah. It was great to watch it on, you know, a nice bright TV so you could fucking see what's going on. Yeah. Um, yeah, the fla- so the, there's a flashback scene here where we see, um, o- uh, you know, Odin and the Asgardians take on uh, Laufey and the Frost Giants. So classic Norse mythology is that there are Frost Giant people. Mm-hmm. They are a very regular Thor villain. So it's not something out of left field even at all. Right. Um, but I think, you know, it was smart of them to not make them the big bad 
like they're bad guys, but they're not like they're not responsible for what's going on. No. And they're not uh, ever given, you know, they're not just evil to be evil, you know? Right. And and the, the other thing is like, yeah, while they fought like a thousand years ago or however many, however long ago, it's it's not them that. Is, are the inciting incident, you know, like they totally they are like, yeah, sure. OK, you want to get like it's all Loki and that's what we're getting to. Right. Like Loki is is the mastermind behind everything here. Um, you, you think he's kind of a good guy in the beginning. He's his brother, blah, blah, blah. And you quickly realize like he's behind it all. And um, and he has a great story arc. And, you know, like I, I saw um I think it was like a few weeks ago they had um I think it was like the 10 year anniversary photo of like Chris Hemsworth and and Tom Hiddleston like doing the yeah. like table read or or whatever they were doing and one of the first at big like presser announcements in like variety saying like look at these two unknowns being it, in this huge new movie exactly and it's like yeah they could they be bigger now <laughs> like oh my god uh no I think they've both translated off of this movie into really great places right yeah. like uh hemsworth is doing amazing action stuff i think uh Hiddleston has really made some cool interesting choices i'm sure he will get to do more you know but you get you know this new loki series i think the the he's been a main draw man he's a main character like he's yep. not really um you know you can't talk about the mcu without talking about loki you can't and and you know he part of also why it works is because he's again a villain in the Avengers like the next year. Right. And so this this guy is is around and he and he keeps popping up. And that's he was one of the characters that people really latched on from that film, too. So it's like from the get go, uh, they a great casting choice. And, um, and and it's like he you understand his motivations and he's. He's a villain, but he's like now he's sort of an antihero, and and that's kind of what's made him so great. Um, yeah, and and it's like when when he d dies in uh <laughs> in right. Infinity War, uh, it's like oh man, like we we losing this guy, and then it's like oh nope, we're not done yet, which is really awesome and exciting, and I think there's going to be some great potential in this show, um, and then we'll see what happens from there, um. Because I think they're already talking about season two of it. And, hey, I'm on board. <laughs> yeah, of course. Uh, you know, he brings a lot of acting chops. Uh, I think his look, the costuming is is huge. Uh, the actualization of some of the classic, like, Loki drawings with the horns and his different robes and his different, you know, fighting outfits, the daggers. Just the whole characterization was just so absolutely nailed and it, you know, begun, you know, started a, a huge, um, you know, he is the, he's the main villain of, of the MCU in a lot of ways, you know, where you could really see and be like, Oh my God, he's in all the movies, you know, he does, you know, Oh, he's always fucking around. Hmm. Uh, I think it's great. And they were smart to keep him. I think there were different times along the way where, the MCU, like, I think after Dark World, they were, like, kind of prepared that maybe he's done if he doesn't really want to be the main guy. But I think it was very smart of them to be like, no, 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 no. He has to be in Ragnarok. He has to show up in Infinity War. 
um, we can do this in Endgame and kind of you know do the, the you know the next level if because you are important. Here's a whole bunch of money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about. Um, <laughs> So essentially, Thor gets beamed to Earth. Like for a big part of this movie, you're on Earth in New Mexico. Yep. This is established in uh, Iron Man Two, which is kind of cool. Um, when they say they're leaving for something in New Mexico, right? And ultimately do. Um, and this all takes place during what is known in the MCU as Fury's Big Week, and that there's a whole bunch of these kind of inciting events with the Avengers that are taking place within a relatively short time of each other. And that is the plot of this movie or, or the end uh, Iron Man two, the plot of this movie. Um, I think Hulk takes place sometime around here. And then there's also when cap wakes up. Yeah. This is all those, all those events happen in like a couple of days. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I think so they even did like a little comic book. So um, they, Obviously, there's Marvel comics. We know that, like, it's a yeah. huge thing. But they also did these um, in-universe canon comics um, that aren't tied to the MC, uh, the Marvel comics continuity. And um, they they did portray Fury's big week, um, and you kind of see all how all everything's happening at once, which is really cool. Um, so, like, you get a little bit more backstory. But yeah, I mean, when I, I was telling you off the podcast, I just started watching Avengers because we're getting ready for our next next recording. Um, and it's like, boom, it happened. Everything's all really fresh. And, you know, Thor Thor coming to Earth. Yeah, you get it teased in, in a post credit sequence. And um, it, it's kind of fun that you have to backtrack a little bit if you're watching at home and paying attention. It's like, oh, OK, this is happening, too. Wow. <laughs> Small <Yeah>. world. <laughs> It, totally, and they've they set this up all really nice. I think it, it works pretty cool. Uh, so there's a lot of <laughs> I want to talk about some side characters. I think that Thor has like the most you know pictorially memorable and absolutely forgettable dialogue side characters, and like in kind of most of the movies, they have to kind of call them out by name just so you actually remember who they fucking are. Yeah, and this movie is like. Uh, huge for that right you know so thor has the lady sif and the warriors three and these are like his boys like his homies he goes around and like they fuck shit up with right they're in they're interstellar um you know (laughs) medieval crusaders of a sort (laughs) super powered crusaders yeah um they they are um so forgettable that you can kind of forget that they even recast (laughs) fandral yeah so they you know, it's these like it's a like a a fencing like Englishy princey guy, uh-huh. the like a fat guy which always I think bums me out. Volstag. and then like a karate guy, and then they also have Lady Sif, yeah, who is the only memorable one of all of them, and arguably needed more screen time throughout the MCU. Yep, because she's established, and a lot of stuff like does happen between her and Thor in both of the Thor movies, but then she just leaves and goes away. She, yeah. Which will be, she goes I, to agents of shield. She shows up in agents of shield and then she gets her own, uh, show on, on TV and is like, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> right. So, uh, w- whether she pops up in, uh, love and thunder will be interesting. Um, cause we know she's still out there, but, uh, yeah, it, it's weird because like watching this movie, 
like by the end of it, you almost get this like sense that she has feelings for Thor. Yeah, she really likes him. And, and like they don't really do that through most of the movie. It's like I feel like they cut a plot thread. Um, and I think that could have been interesting. Again, like we've talked about this before, romances in the MCU. Uh, they they pick them up and drop them really quick. Because <laughs> um, a love triangle could have been fun for, for Thor and, and Sif and, and Jane. Um, yeah. And added some more drama there. But they had bigger fish to fry. Um, and then, yeah, obviously then we also have the Earth characters. Um, sure. Which, you know... Of all of them, if you call them side characters, they've gotten so much more to do, you know, with with Selvig. He yeah, they're they're huge parts of the fucking MCU. It's 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 important. They're not. They're, none of these people are like throwaways. You know what I mean? Right. They they all go on to do other stuff. So like, Selvig shows back up in Avengers and Dark World and uh fucking uh, Age of Ultron, um. You know, Darcy was just huge in WandaVision, Um, you know, and then Natalie Portman. I think Natalie Portman in this movie is like constantly like confusing a little bit. And I think that this is like within a couple of years of her doing Black Swan. Right. It's like maybe a couple of years after. I think it's a year after. Sure. So like. This is definitely her being like, I'm still commercially viable. (laughs) Right. Let's make some fucking money. And she's in this movie, and, you know, I think she does a really fucking great job. Uh, What is interesting to me is that, like, you could tell that she didn't want to do this. Like, this isn't her vibe, you know? It's just not... She already did Star Wars. She did a Star Wars trilogy. Like... I, I and she's very important in that, and it, she's also younger in that, so she would have had less advocacy and kind of control about what's going on. Right. Like, Scarlett Johansson playing Padme now would not do the same actions. You know what I mean? Like, it's just a different – they would have made her do – she could have said, like, no, Padme doesn't do this. Right. <laughs> you know? Like, but she didn't have that control. It's also George fucking Lucas. So, yeah. like, I kind of write those off. I look at her work when she did kind of – during and then you know after star wars where she did um kind of like you know garden state she's in uh that movie where she gets pregnant and lives at the target uh then there's um black swan like she was really trying to take chances do other stuff um you know do kind of these really creative sometimes even dark things and she also did v for vendetta and so it's like she she also did v for vendetta yeah i can't forget that shit so you know i i wonder if um if it's she's because I do like her like 85% of the time in this movie. And mm. then and then sometimes I'm just kind of like, what are you doing? Like, what <laughs> what are your choices with this character? <laughs> or is it is it the direction? But like it's definitely the, it's definitely the direction, because I think that she's on the one hand, she's given like some of the most intense science jargon of anybody who has to say in the fucking MCU. Right. And she's not Tony Stark and not it doesn't get to say it like it's cool and like that swagger. She just has to literally like read it. Yeah. Um, and then she's like totally like just flirting and falling in love with Hemsworth. Right. And you're like, okay, yeah, I get it. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, he's, he's incredibly handsome. <laughs> he he is a literal god. <laughs> like, it makes I get it. You know. Oh, but but that, she that doesn't line. get to like. Like she doesn't like talk about like where she's from, right? No. Like we don't learn like where what her backstory is, or like where 
she wants to go or what she wants. Like she's only there to kind of move the story along so that you can buy into this magic science thing, which we'll talk about. Right. Uh, and but, then the thing is like they have um, when, when Thor and, and Selvig have their little, their bar scene, he's, yes. he's like talking about how, Oh, you know, I used to work with her father and, and um, he's kind of like a father figure to her. Cause I guess maybe he, her father died, but it's like, you get like little seeds here, but like they don't ever flesh it out. And then like, why doesn't she say that to him? Right. Yeah. It's like, yeah, that would be better. <laughs> and like, you know, well, why like, is she so interested in science and, and uh, what's, what's, what's her, her end game here? Like, what, what's, what are you searching for? Like, right. I just think that line, the, Oh my God. in the, when he's finally Thor is just, it's, it was cringeworthy. Then it's cringeworthy now. <laughs> sure. And, 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 you know, I think, in the second Thor movie, I think she's she's given a lot more to do. She's kind of more integral to the plot. Sure. Uh, but again, we're not seeing. I think, I think that's part of the reason why she may have left is because like, what? Why am I? What am I supposed to do? <laughs> you know. Right. Where are you gonna take me? I think that the plan for you know what we're gonna see in in Love and Thunder is awesome, and it could work really well. What I want to see is like where she's been, what's going on. Yep. Did she get snapped? You know, what does she do? What is her job? Right. Because, <laughs> you know, because they they in both Avengers and Age of Ultron, they just like re reference her and it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's uh, off doing this other thing. <laughs> right. Like, like she's she's doing sciencey stuff or she's accepting an award like she's always doing. She's we we're always putting her off someplace else. Yeah. Which which is hard to do with with. Especially if if, the, if she's a love and interest and like they're supposed to have this big relationship and you feel like he he pops in and out and he's there for a week and it's like that's it but it's like they it's still one of the better love stories in the MCU you know well, like there aren't many <laughs> so no there aren't but this is definitely like their their chemistry on screen is really good it is it is really good and that's kind and of that's kind of the the disappointing thing that they haven't explored it further. Right. And you're like, Oh cool. Like they, this, th this works. It, it may, it, it works nicely. I think Darcy, uh, Kat Denning's character in this movie is like, it, she does a great job. She's really funny. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the, the jokes don't hold up as good, but my it's, iPod, I've downloaded yeah, a whole bunch know, of songs. Right. Like, the kids don't know what fucking iPods are anymore. Yeah. Um, you know, it's 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 crazy. You know, let's the science first magic thing, I think, is a really good point. And I think it's something that like we kind of lose the discussion about. It gets more meta as the movies go on. Yeah. So and that's the idea that like in the MCU, they can get away with some pretty cool high tech stuff. While at the same time, you have, you know, characters that can move through dimensions and um, shrink down to impossible sizes and get, you know, really large. And this is like explained nicely in this movie or begun to be explained by the science versus magic debate, right? Like that magic we don't understand, like science we don't understand could look like magic. Right. Um, and that, you know, some people's uh, perception of science 
you know, they've lost kind of the reasons why and how it's really, it just works. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I would say this is like the Bifrost, right? The, the rainbow bridge. The, like nobody explains <laughs> what, what was going on in that cool looking machine, but they've used this for generations to how it looks like. Right. Exactly. It's, it's, it is a piece of technology. And like you, when he's, when he shatters it, you're like, Oh, that kind of looks like it could be like fiber optic cable, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> yeah. this, this thing is, uh, but you know, then they have all their and like I think the the concept is that they there is a wormhole that right. uh, or a series of connected wormholes that the ancient uh, Asgardians either created or harness the power of, and that's why they talk about Yggdrasil and all of these these uh, realms that are connected because like they, these just happen to be the places that they, they went to a lot. <laughs> it's like, we're going to make yeah. our interstellar highway kind of thing. Um, I, I think it's hilarious that they break it and then come up with easy ways to get around it. It's like, Oh, so you didn't need that. <laughs> I guess it's kind of like, well, we used to fly, but uh, we'll just drive cross country. <laughs> yeah. The summoning the dark magic and then the, uh, you know, getting Stormbreaker, you know, that is, I will grant you, it's an interesting, um, you know, change that we kind of have this thing in this movie. I don't think it's even, do they use it in Thor 2? Um, I think, I think Hela it does, comes in through the Bifrost in Ragnarok. It does get repaired at some point. So, it, but they the way they make it seem in this movie, it's like a huge deal. Like, oh, you're never gonna see her again. You're like, right? Thor's like, I mean, I guess that's why he's like, well, we'll just make a new one. I'll break it. We'll make a new one. Right. Um, I think you know, I I like the way that Thor explains it to Portman, and she, and they kind of explain how it how it all works. And I think that you know, it really is kind of exemplified in. Infinity War, when we've come so far in the MCU and literally the people trying to stop, you know, deal with, you know, Thanos showing up first together is, you know, Tony Stark, all science. You have Doctor Strange, who's was science. Now he's all magic. Like and they're just like totally butting heads. You know, you need kind of the Thor of the world, who is the most like ridiculous idea of a character that it just works uh, to kind of make it all kind of sing together. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, man. Once you, um, the frost giants have this like special frost crystal that they need to get, right? And there's this awesome big robot thing that they build to protect, uh, the big ice crystal. Yep. They send the big robot to, um, to Earth to kill Thor. Yeah, Loki does. Yes. Loki does. Um, and then at that point, only a couple of frost giants came over. But did they take back the ice crystal, or did they did Loki keep the ice crystal? Um, I think they take it, and because I, I do remember them like grabbing it, and then you know, but but then again, Laufey gets killed. That's true. So maybe maybe they they do keep it on Asgard. Um, yeah. I don't know. And that's that's again where like I, I think it's a fun reveal that Loki is is from Jotunheim, but it's like, man, you just like murdered your father. <laughs> like really like Well, it's interesting, you know, so he's something that I was never I never really listened to was that he was kind of thrown away because he was puny. He was a little kid. He's a little he's not a frost giant. Yeah. 
you know? So I think it was interesting um, to really sit and look at Loki's origin, which is that he's, you know, the, the he's an heir to, you know, uh, Jotunheim, but he's taken from Jotunheim because he was cast away mm-hmm. uh, by Odin, who then raises him like his own son, doesn't tell him that he's one of these people. And then finally, like kind of one of Loki's inciting in- incidents is that his identity is fucked. Right. Right. And, and like, so you, you think he's like starting to fuck fuck around. And I think once he finds this out, he's all he goes all in. He's like, OK, well, then I, I these people are I've been lying to me my whole life. And he's like, I I want to, you know, take over basically because because if he could keep that secret and uh, rise to the throne like the Asgardians wouldn't know. Um uh, yeah, it's interesting. I, I think also, like, again, the magic of, of Loki in this movie. Yes, he can do a lot of different things in and, this movie. And, like, how... I think it's interesting you see him, like, with the, you know, the astral projecting kind of stuff, like, where he you can see him twice. and But then... So he can astral project himself to Earth? Like, is that yes. what happened? Like, and obviously we see it later, too, with... Uh, in, in Avengers and all over the place. But it's, I guess, maybe then there's something that um, his mother, did, uh, Frigga, did to, to mask his, like, true identity. Like, maybe. How did he stop being blue? That's a great question. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that's a great question. Questions we will not have answers to, probably. Yeah. Uh <laughs> I think his identity crisis is a big part of why he goes on such a tear. I think they're trying to tell us, like, you know, he's he. It's not that he lost everything, but he everything that he knew about the world was is changed now. Afterwards, yeah. Um, the Frost Giants. We talked about them. Uh, let's talk about the Tesseract. So, mm. as far as we know, um, you know, the Tesseract. Uh, you know, from event, uh, Captain America, first Avenger uh, was dropped in the ocean. Then they they then find it. The end of this movie, the, the post credit scene is that Loki, not Loki, Fury has the tes- Tesseract. Fury files, Fury uh, files, and Infinity Watch. Do 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 do. Right. So he's got the Tesseract, and he's like, "Hey, we think this could lead to unlimited power." Um, and we see Loki influencing Eric Selvig on Earth. Mm-hmm. Uh, this then leads to the opening sequence of Avengers. Yes. Um, yeah, this is a very nice, very fun, um, you know, post credit scene. I think that, you know, the phase one was really trying to set up the Avengers very hard. Yeah. And, you know, these were very, very fun. And I, and I think this one is one of the most fun ones because it leads directly into uh, the beginning of that movie. Well, it's very memorable, and and it also means that when Loki falls at the end of this film into the wormhole, I suppose. Sure. And yes, then you, we could talk about that. And, and then you see him here. You're like, oh, he ain't dead. That's no, great. He's no. We have to see your head get taken off, or you physically get choked out in the MCU in order for you to be dead. Right. And and it's great to be like, okay, he's still he's gonna be. And I mean, maybe at this point when this movie came out, I don't know. Did we know that Loki was going to be the major villain of uh, the Avengers? We might not have. We might not have. Um, 
And so to see him here in that scene is great. I think that there's also, um, again, the a little bit of retconning because they, as they talk about the Tesseract and later Loki's scepter, it's not quite like, oh, yeah, the Space Stone or, oh, yeah, the like, I mean, it's there because they, they say it's like a, a, a gateway and, and it's a door and all that stuff. But like then they're also talking about the power. I guess the, the Infinity Stones, like they have power. They all are like these cosmic like well, I batteries. Think they kind of use them to do different stuff, right? Like remember in the in the comics before they know the Tesseract is the Space Stone, it's the Cosmic Cube, you right. know, like. Which is a dumb name. <laughs> so like, they're like, okay, Tesseract. All right. People have been throwing that word around for the last couple of years. Let's use that. That sounds cool and science Yeah, that sounds cool. And then we can just own that. And I think for a large part, like, they did own, like, the Tesseract. Like, that. that is a, a Marvel thing. If you ask somebody on the street, probably they don't know what you're talking about. But if they do, <laughs> they know it from Marvel. Um, right. You know, it's interesting. I agree. It's interesting that they don't, you know, try to call it out or that there isn't any calling out of the space stone really until, um, you know, infinity war again. Yeah. But, you know, once you're kind of there, you know, even there, they call it the Tesseract. It's, it's they, every, even, uh, cosmically it's, it's the Tesseract. Um, so yeah, maybe that's just its name. Maybe it, maybe it's not called the space stone. You well, know? and that's fine. I, I guess it's my, my point is more of like what it can do. Right. Like, oh, well, yeah, I, I agree with you. They, I think they they're all, all going to have some kind of cosmic power, right? They can do a bunch of things, but they're also like batteries, <laughs> you know, like you take, well, any especially like the power stone and the Tesseract because they're like, they're physical objects, right? Yeah. Um, it, it would be hard to do, uh, you know, the, the angry sludge, um, <laughs> right. Like if they had the angry sludge, like if this could power, you know, our civilization, it's like, you sure about that? <laughs> right. The only person who could probably handle that would be Dr. Strange and he's not even ready yet. No. Um, good fury files, good infinity watch. I'm down with that. Last two things I will say the set of uh the thor movie the little town in new mexico always reminded me of uh superman 2 if there's anybody out there who also feels that way let me know mm -hmm. it we also agree it feels a lot like uh man of steel smallville yeah um and great uh stan lee cameo one of the more memorable ones where he's they're trying to pull mjolnir out of the uh yeah the crater yeah that's great um, that's very fun. And I, see, we said Mjolnir. We we did it. Mjolnir. <laughs> um, I like I like Agent Coulson. Oh, we get another origin of a, another Avenger in this movie. Blink and you miss it. Oh shit! Yeah. Um, which is kind of unfortunate. I I do feel like Hawkeye. You know, now Hawkeye is great. I think he had a rough start. <laughs> uh, you know. Well, yeah. No shit. Being um, being here and then like being mildly sidelined in most of Avengers. Well, um, his entrance here, I think is half-assed, right? Yeah. I think it's definitely like, if you know who, who, uh, uh, you know, his character's name, what's his character's Clint name? Barton. Clinton Barton. If you know who Barton is, like you're going to know who Hawkeye is, but I don't think the average fan would ever have known that. So, you know, I think they could have been more on the nose with it. 
or like given more setup in that like you know it's not just him grabbing a bow and arrow it's like you know his like like a logo or something like that just to give us a little bit more you know right well it's like if if black widow was such a major part of iron man 2 like sure. why couldn't they make him kind of a, a side like have him involved in the fight with the destroyer or like you know just something because he's just in that one sequence well this is before they knew that you had to pair avengers up in the solo movies yeah like you can't like this is before they really got that this is when we're still just you know hinting at characters and this is a hint this isn't a really good you know um introduction yeah he deserved definitely a lot better he, he did um and then the other one that we didn't touch on um idris, idris elba as oh. heimdall the only thing i wanted to say about this is how much he hated being heimdall at the beginning yeah <laughs> That, like, he, I think he took this role because it was probably a good payday, but, like, he hated the contacts, he hated the outfit, he didn't like the dialogue or what his character had to do. Um, he just kind of stood around in this movie. Well, I think it's interesting that, like, this movie, like, his voice is definitely, like, synthesized, mm. and, like, it's very different, and then in the, the other movies, it's more, like, regular Idris Elba-sounding regular guy. Yeah. Uh, I think he also like he goes through kind of a cool transformation in that like he doesn't like all the characters kind of change from their first movie looks from Thor. And I like his look in Ragnarok a lot. He kind of looks like Bishop from X-Men a lot. He does. Yeah. Um, but he's, you know, he, he changes. He grows. I think that that's, you know, a, a cool thing. He also gets a good send off yeah. uh, in Infinity War. Um you know, does he come back? I I don't know. That would be crazy. Well, I mean, um, we'll see in the show. We'll see in the show. I, I think but... that's what's going to be cool. Like we know that um, in Loki, this movie is history for him. Like yes. that that is. But we also know that they're going to be time hopping, and so while these events have happened, maybe we can go back to some of this stuff, or maybe yeah, maybe we go to Asgard uh, while it's still around. Um, we don't know. It'll be really cool to see. Um, do you have any other thoughts on Thor? I enjoyed watching it. I, I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. I think this is a fun time capsule of the MCU in its early stages and trying to figure stuff out. I think it definitely looks better than like the smaller DVD formats I must have watched in college, <laughs> you know, that really just depixelate Asgard to the point where it just looks like shiny. And like seeing it now, whether it's been retouched or if it, you know, is what they originally put out, it was much more impressive and 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 felt more canon to the yeah. future of the MCU. Yeah, I, I think it's fun. You know, it, it's it's definitely an origin story. It feels light. Um, the stakes do get kind of high. It's like he's about to destroy a planet, but uh, you know, I, I, I like that we we see a good character development for both Thor and Loki here and. Uh, it's very exciting for for where things what happens next really. Um, and, Definitely, they you know they just wrapped Thor four the filming of that yesterday as yeah. we record this yeah. and you know we're about to have a whole new Loki adventure, which I think is you know they save this as their you know their this is their blockbuster show. Yeah, um, it's coming out at the same time a movie would be coming out. It so, is. So. I, I'm 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 definitely pumped. So stay tuned. We're gonna do another episode covering 2012's Avengers. We're gonna figure out how to talk about everything, 
Um, and uh, yeah, guys, this has been the Long Lost Heroes podcast. Check us out online, www.longlostheroes.net. You can email us, info at longlostheroes.net. You can also send us a message or find us on the socials at LLH podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Uh, what else? You can check us out on the podcast apps. Um, we're on Spotify, Google, uh, Stitcher, um, iTunes, Apple, <laughs> iTunes, whatever you want. Uh, I'm AJ. And I'm Frank. Thank you guys so much. Thank you so much. And we will be back next week. Mm-hmm.